Welcome back to Growing in His Word. God bless you, man, where we we, we preach verse by verse, man, me and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and uh, God bless you guys, man. Happy New Year. It's a new year, and I wanted to tell you that you, you don't have to worry about tomorrow. And you may think, man, what's, what's so funny and what's so radical and new about this new year? Well, the, the, the good news is, is you made it. The, the uh, real good news is, is... You don't have to worry about what happened in the past, but God says to move on in your future. He says, the Lord's saying, look, it's a new year. It's a new start. Jesus Christ, hit the start button, restart button in your life. You don't have to worry about condemnation. You don't have to worry about people condemning you and telling you that you're never going to be right or do the right things or say the right things. Listen. If you're listening to this message today, all you need to know is the most important thing about life is when you fall, get up, dust yourself off, don't let the devil condemn you, and keep going. That's really what it comes down to. Jesus is saying, he's saying, look, you don't got to worry because I'm going to heal everything. And that's what Matthew chapter 8 is really about. It's about, you know, well, it's about other things, but it's about the uh, teaching of healing and fear and sickness. But Jesus took our infirmities and he bore our sickness and he healed because he had compassion on us because he's merciful loving, graceful. I mean, last year, last year, I mean, it was like yesterday was last year, believers. Last year, I had a bunch of cancer and I didn't know what to do. I had cancer and Christ healed me. I went to a good doctor. I prayed and he said, we're going to do this, man. And we're going to do that. And and we're gonna, and and you don't go to worry. And he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, "Listen to me. You don't gotta worry." And I was thinking, man, that's what I preach about all the time, bro. <laughs> but listen, Father, we come before you, Lord, and we we thank you because we don't have to worry, Lord. We don't have to worry that it's a new year, and and Lord, that the uh, paralyzed, the uh, sicknesses, Lord, and the uh, pain in our lives have been taken by you, Father, and healed. And because, Lord, our physical infirmities, Father, are ultimately the result of the fall. And, you know, with with our, whatever it may be, Lord, but we know that you're in control and we know that you bore our sicknesses by suffering and dying on, our, dying on the cross for our sins, Lord. So we pray that you go before us. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter 8 is a radical chapter because this chapter, it brings clarity. It, 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 it talks about the demands that uh, Christ wants from us and it's, the, and it's obedience, it's love, mercy. Jesus is in control even when the storms in our life are so treacherous that we can't even see the shore, man. I mean, 
Have you ever been on a boat where you're, 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 you got sickness and you're in the ocean and you're like, oh, I'm going to get sick. I can't see the shoreline. Or you're in a forest and you're lost and you're just spinning and you can't see and you don't know what to do and you're worried, you're afraid. Jesus is teaching us to sit and be still and know that he is our God and relax and to be obedient to him and to read his word. Listen, we we left off last week on Matthew chapter 8, verse 14. And we were talking about how the demons... Um, I'm sorry, we were talking about how the, uh, how the discipleship is so important. And we were talking about how when Jesus in verse 14 said, and now when Jesus had come into Peter's house, okay, he saw his mother-in-law. Listen to this. And I know you may be thinking, yeah, well, my mother-in-law has a demon in her. <laughs> sorry for saying that. <laughs> but God can heal those too. So listen to this. Uh, every mother-in-law might be kind of upset here and there, but we got to love them. Listen, so, and just like the last week when we talked about the centurion servant is healed, Jesus is going to heal his mother-in-law. So when he walked in, he in Peter's house, he saw his wife, mother's, his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. And so he touched her hand and a fever left her and she arose and, and, and served them. And if you notice the word served, served, is it's after he healed her, he, she served. She began to serve them. Sir, write that down, served them. T-H-E-M. Listen, we as believers are called to serve one another no matter what. We are called by God to serve and to serve with love. And so that's the key in this whole chapter is by serving others and loving others unconditionally like Christ loves us and like he loves the church. Look, believers, believe me, you don't have to worry because this gets intense. And so when the evening, anytime Jesus did something for somebody, he left a mark. And that's why it said she began to serve them. See, the Holy Spirit touched her and then she had that want to, to serve others. It was amazing. She had a fever, it went away. She was grateful and she began to serve. And this is what we're talking about. Verse by verse, man. Verse by verse. So that you don't get the touchy-feely message by a lot of false teachers. So that they can wind you into a billfold and take your money. Listen. Verse 16 says, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. Okay? And he casted out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. That Listen to this. Verse 17 says, That it might be fulfilled which had been spoken by Isaiah and the prophet saying, and this is important, he said in Isaiah, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Hebrews were waiting for the Messiah and the son of man, Jesus, used this Messiah messianic title from Daniel chapter 7. And he did it over 80 times to refer to himself as the Messiah. Listen, this is going to be showing you that Jesus Christ is alive. And because the, Levit the, the uh, Levitical law, the halacha, the, 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 the man would not be out in public, okay, if his father had died. His father was, was aged so that the man wanted to go into his home. Now listen to this. You're like thinking, what are you talking about? Because it's important because 
a lot of people make excuses not to follow Jesus. And that's what we're going to see in verse 21. But we don't want to get ahead of the game, not of the game, but of the the word. So listen to this, verse 18. And when they saw, and when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. Now there's the boat, the boat's ready. Then a certain scribe came and said to him, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus in verse 20 said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Basically, Jesus was saying to the guy, look, look, um, you know, I ain't got nowhere to lay my head, okay? But the teachers, he also, when Jesus did something, he wanted to show people the, 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 the product, man, okay? So the product was real simple, okay? He touched you, he healed you, and he gave you the radical, awesome love that nobody could ever give you. And so he began to heal people, man. Jesus was, he, you know, he touched, he touched, Jesus healed the mother-in-law. He touched her hand, man, and, and, her, and her fever went away. But you see, sometimes we believers, we get, we get, and we get sick, Weary, weary, worry, worryful, and we 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 begin to think that 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 Jesus Christ can't help us, and that and that He can't you know heal us and and meet our needs, and 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 so what I'm trying to say is Matthew in the Bible here rightly understood that there was partial fulfillments of Isaiah's prophecies in here, like Isaiah 53. And it was the primarily, primarily was the spiritual healing, but it was also physical. And in, in this book, you know, Jesus is the true Messiah and he delivers people from the bondage of their sin and the effects of the fallen world. And so he took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses and he healed physically and spiritually. And this was because by his sufferings, the stripes of Jesus the physical uh, uh, the, the physical dimension of our healing is basically uh, partially realized now, but finally, only in the resurrection is when we're really going to see later on. But the healing work of our Savior costed Jesus something. And it, listen to this. It wasn't as if he had a magic bag of all these healing powers, you know, that he drew and he cast it on people. Dude, it was, it was the Holy Spirit, man. It was, he's God. And he's seen the suffering and he did it to show the world that he is the only one that can, that can perform miracles, not people on TV and not, not things that you really think, but it's Jesus. And so we got to be careful because Jesus is going to teach us the true meaning of following him. And a lot of people Today, they don't understand the meaning of following Jesus. They, 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 they don't know how to count the cost. And so here Jesus is talking about when the uh, foxes and holes and birds, the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his hand. Jesus didn't tell the man, no, you can't follow me, but he told him the truth without painting a big old version of what it was, it, like a big old thing how it is to follow Jesus, okay? This is like... Basically, Jesus wanted the man to know what it would really be like. And so 
Um, you know, people might think, oh, well, he's Jesus is homeless and he don't know where to lay his head. And, and the nature of his mission is, you know, basically, you know, he don't have anything, but that's not true. Jesus' mission was to be keep going. He wanted his followers to keep moving, keep flowing, don't be stagnant. And, and the law was dead. Jesus, I, I don't think Jesus wanted more law, legalism in his boat. Because we don't need legalism, you know, in our lives. And we don't need to go back like Galatians says, oh, you foolish Galatians who has bewitched you. We need to keep moving. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, the reason the man turned away from Jesus in this verse, next verse, listen to this. And it says, check this out because it's important. Listen to this, man. I mean, I'm, I'm excited because, you know, Jesus, here's in verse 19, it says, and a certain scribe, that was the teacher. And then verse 20 says, and Jesus said to him, foxes have the holes. We know that. And verse 21 goes on to say, then another, another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me go, let, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow, uh, but follow, follow me and let the dead bury the dead. What is he saying here? <clears throat> Excuse me. Believers, what is he saying? Okay, what's he saying? Because the reason this man was turned away, okay, uh, was that God doesn't have time. Well, he does if he wanted to. But actually, this man did not ask for permission to dig, to dig some grave for his deceased father. He wanted to remain he wanted to remain in his father's house and care for him, okay, until his father died, because that's the halacha, the law. This was obviously, that that would drag on and on and on and on. And so Jesus knew this. That's why he told the, 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 the legalist, dude, we're going to be talking about the law forever, you know? And Jesus is like, you know, bro, I'm sorry, bro, but, you know, let the dead bury the dead, dude. We got to get on. We got to keep moving. This is stagnant. We don't want stagnancy here. Is that even a word, stagnancy? Okay, stagnant. You know, it's like you don't want to take a drink of water out of a out of a river that's just been sitting there and nasty with, with flies all over. And so Jesus was like, come on, man, we got to move. And so Jesus told him, let the dead bury the dead, man. And that's what it comes down to. This, this man was another one of his disciples. And, you know, so... This shows us the terms that that basically, uh, you know, it's it's real. Jesus wanted people who are ready to do His work. He doesn't want us to be lazy and content and to sit in these churches and get all fat and and and, and you know, mindy and, and oh, I know every word of the Bible. Oh yeah, Matthew chapter uh, nine, verse one. So he got into the boat and crossed over and came to his own city. He doesn't want know-it-alls. He wants grow-it-alls. So when you grow in his word and you start to realize how much he loves you and the Holy Spirit in you can work, he, you then begin to see the power of the Holy Spirit moving in you. And the Holy Spirit moves. It's living water. It's a radical uh, experience when the Holy Spirit is working. And so...
Verse 23 says, Now when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea. A big storm. A real big storm. Uh, a storm like cancer. Or uh, a storm like a, a divorce. Or a storm like a death. Or a storm like a trial. Like James chapter 1 says. And so... He arose on the sea, and so when the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Verse 25 says, And his disciples came to him and awoke, saying, Lord, save us! We're dying! But he said to them, Why are you fearful? And Jesus was asleep. Remember that. Believers, he was sleeping. He wasn't scared. God's not scared. Jesus Christ ain't scared of nothing. Jesus Christ, let me repeat that. Jesus Christ is not scared of nothing. He's not scared of helping you get your bills paid. He's not scared of providing a way for you to eat. He's not scared of anything. He was just calmed down, totally cool, sleeping, chilling on the boat, laying down, relaxed. You know, and all the storms... And, and, and the storms are going, man. It's like, boom, bam. Water was moving. The wind was shaking. It's probably cold. And they were screaming, Lord, save us. We're dying. And all through these trials and drama and tribulations that we go through in life, Jesus Christ is there. And you may think, oh, he quit sleeping on the job, Jesus. No, he's not sleeping on the job. He can hear everything. And you're, you're worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. When's going to, you know, what's going to happen in the new year? Dude, get over it. Stop worrying about it. If you can't control it, then don't, don't own it. Leave it alone. You can't, you can't make a problem go away. But you can lay the problem at Jesus Christ's feet and say, I'm done with it. I'm washing my feet, my hands. But verse 26 says, But he said to them, Why are you fearful? And where does fear come from, man? Remember that song? Fear is a liar. But it's it's satanic. Why are you feel fearful, oh you of little faith? Hebrews 11, man. Read that chapter. It's called the honor of faith. And he said, oh, you of little faith. Then, listen to this. He arose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. I don't know about you, man. But I don't know anyone that can just rebuke the winds and say, stop. And, you know, I'm starting to think that he actually caused these storms. Not, not trials in your lives. But these storms to show these disciples, look. Dude, I got control. He didn't say dude, but he said, broski. No, he didn't say broski. He said, my sons, my children, calm down. You're on a good one. You're on a good one again. I know you can't pay your bills or you can't get food. Calm down. Calm it down. Take it down like 35 notches. And he probably told them, hey, I'm here. Fear will destroy you. There's a good fear and a bad fear. The good fear is don't touch the fire. It's hot. It'll burn you. The bad fear is you're never going to make it. The bad fear is you're nobody. The bad fear is how am I going to get through high school? 
The bad fear is, I'm scared. I don't know what to do. I don't have any direction in life. The bad fear is, I don't know if I'm going to lose my job. The bad fear is, I'm scared of everything. And Jesus says, stop it. Stop it. Because you don't have to be afraid. Okay? Jesus Christ said, I have power over the winds and the waves, dude. He didn't say dude, but, you know, I like to say dude because I used to surf. He said, you don't got to worry about tomorrow. You don't have to worry about what you eat or put on. Are not the birds more value? Uh, do I not feed the birds? And are you not more value of the bird, more valuable than the birds? So he gets into the boat. Listen to this. All right. And they got into this boat and, you know, and Jesus is showing them the boat to the other side is I'm going to get you through on this boat. So if you want to get, if you want to make it in this life and you're strung out on drugs and alcohol and your marriage is failing, Jesus Christ is saying, get in the boat. If you can't pay your business bills or your bills, Jesus is saying, trust in me, don't bite so much off and get into the boat. Trust in me. But it didn't work and I prayed. Good, I'm glad it didn't work because Jesus Christ allowed it not to work for something bigger. And those are the growing pains as being a believer. Listen, listen. It's true. Why are you fearful? Oh, you little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So they, the men marveled, saying, how can, this, how can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? And they marveled, and they were like, wow, man, this guy really is God. They were tripping out. They were like, wow, this guy is the Messiah. They were excited, probably laughed afterwards, but they were, they were happy. They, were, they knew that Jesus Christ was in control of the whole situation and he is in our lives he's 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 in control of every negative thing that happens he can help it be turned positive and if it doesn't it's for a reason for a season because he loves us be amazed don't be confused satan causes confusion be amazed that 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 god is in control of everything in this world as we go through trials and tribulation the bible says that in the that when we go through trials that the trials, uh, it says, brethren, count all your account, be, be joyful when you fall into these various trials, knowing that the trials produce patience, but let patience have its prophetic work. Because as believers, God is molding us and claying us into his image slowly. And it hurts. It's like a broken arm, man. I was skateboarding on a ramp one day and I thought I could do it, man. I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a pro skater. I dropped into this. Deal, man, and boom, broke my arm, man, had a cast on. And I kept itching it, and it itched and itched and itched, and I wanted a cast on. I got to get the cast on. I got to get it off. My wife's like, stop it. Sticking a coat hanger in there. And finally, I just, you know, oh, you know, I wore it out from itching it. And the doctor said, dude, we have to recast it now. What do you mean we got to recast it? Yeah, you... You, you tore the cast off and now your arm's not healing. It hurts. Healing hurts. Being on the boat hurts. 
But when you're on the boat, I want you to write notes in your own life and say, I was on that cancer boat and I beat it. I was on that, that divorce boat and we made it. Because God hates divorce. He wants us to learn how to love each other. When I did mountain, when I did marriage counseling, every single person was, a lot of them were like, I don't love them anymore because you never do what love was. Jesus says, don't quit on your loved one, but to learn how to love your loved one as he loves us. And so they marveled in verse 27. It says, who can, who can, who can this be? Well, that even the winds and the sea obey him. Well, we know that verse 28 says this, and we're going to move on. He's God. Verse 27, he's God. That's why they obey him. So I'll tell you this, believers. If I knew that my God could, has power over the earth and power over the sea and power over the winds, I'm, I'm going to trust in him, man. I'm not going to trust in that trial. I'm not going to trust in that thing. I'm going to trust in Jesus, amen? I don't care about nothing no more. That, that just proves that God has power, more power than we could ever imagine. So listen, believers, verse 28 says, and we got to hurry up because it's, it's, we're almost done. We're going to talk about this next week. These are the demons that are cast into the swine when he had come to the other side, the country of the country of Gergesenes. There met, there met him two demon-possessed men, and they were coming out of the tombs exceedingly fierce so that no one could pass that way. And suddenly they cried out saying that, what have we what are we to do with you to do with you Jesus son of God so basically demons are going to come and it says here have you come here to torture us before the time because they knew they're going to get judged the demons in the end but now but we'll get into that next week verse 30 says now a good way of uh, now of uh, now a good way off from them there was a herd of swine pigs feeding so the demons begged him saying if you cast us out, permit us to go into the herd of swine. These evil people, these evil demons, I mean, wanted to live even if they had to be into a dirty pig. And how many dirty pigs, uh, 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 swine, that the devil, uh, you know, the demons, they're there to put, they're put here just to ruin our walk with Jesus. It's not going to happen, man. Christ is saying, look, it's not going to happen. We're going to get into that next week, but it's not going to happen. It's not gonna happen. Jesus is in love with you. He has the power and, and the mercy and the grace, not only to forgive your sins, but to grow you and know you. And he wants to know you. Listen, he wants to show you so many things in his life, but we gotta trust in him. It's a new year. It's a new year. Any negative thought, block it out with positive thoughts. Children, people, get off the video games. Teenagers, read your Bibles more. That's your new year commitment, even though it's, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to do it. Uh, believers, read your word, grow, and, and God loves you guys, man. I love you too. May the Lord God, Jesus, bless you guys. Father, we come before you. We thank you for this new year, Lord. We know that you're in control, and Lord, we know that you have a plan for us, Father. And so as we go our ways today, Father, we pray that growing in his word, Lord, this radio broadcast blesses people and continues to bless people throughout the world, throughout the United States, and everywhere that we can. We thank you for this, Lord Jesus. 
Amen. God bless you guys. And listen, next week, man, we're going to be talking about the demon, the demon possessed, uh, the demons, how they're casting the swine. And then we're going to move on to chapter nine next week. And so I'm excited, man. I'm excited, man, for every one of you guys. And listen, growinginhisword.com is sponsored by the Holy Spirit and led by Jesus Christ, man. God bless you guys. And, and I can't wait till next week.